On these episodes entitled Dangerous Conversations, we'll be talking to a lot of different people about a wide range of topics and hopefully learning a lot and growing, and through that growth, helping to make the world a better place. Let's get started. friends. On today's episode, I have a dear friend with me, Christy Hicks, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. She is pretty awesome. But uh, anyways, I'll stop talking about her. I'll let her uh, talk about her own self and tell you about her and uh, yeah but anyways I'm very excited Christy Hicks I, I partner with her in campus ministries and she she runs that and I help with some bible studies there but Christy how are you I am doing well I am glad to be here with you today I've got to listen to your podcasts and I've enjoyed now I get to be on one uh, there we go uh, Christy uh, tell us a little bit about yourself I am Christy Hicks. I was a Langston before I married. Okay. Uh, grew up down toward West Jefferson, went to Corner High School, finished in 92, played all sports all through school, uh, volleyball, softball, did taekwondo, was in Girl Scouts, got my gold award in Girl Scouts when I was a senior, which is the equivalent to the Boy Scouts Eagle wow. or Eagle Scout. Let's see, went on to college at the University of Montevallo. Got a degree in education, thought I was going to teach and coach the rest of my life. Got ahead of the plans. In the middle of my student teaching, I knew I was supposed to go into ministry. I wasn't sure what kind of ministry, but I knew he wanted me to get my education in seminary. So finished in 97 from Montevallo, went on to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary Extension Program in Birmingham. Worked on my MDiv while I was working full-time with First Priority of Alabama doing they do the campus clubs and the public school system and finished in 2001 and the month I was graduating from seminary I found out about the position coming open for campus ministries with Wallace State Community College I have two biological sons Samuel who's 14 and Luke who is 11 and they are completely opposite Luke is out there, adventurous, boisterous, all boy, ready to go 90 miles an hour from the time he wakes up till the time he goes to bed. And if you tell him, he's ready for it. Samuel, on the other hand, is my oldest, who is very, he's a rule follower. He wants to make sure that everybody's, we've got an agenda set for the day. We know at what time we're doing what, and it doesn't change. It's got to be routine. Mm. Uh, matter of fact, so routine. And uh, he's, he's so, I guess, what's the word, um, disciplined about things. He's very particular, especially about hygiene. you got to wash your hands all the time. Hey. Of course, he gets upset when Luke doesn't wash his hands appropriately and dry up the water that he gets around the sink. Because when, when Luke washes his hands, there's a pond around the sink. Samuel always washes his hands, no pond, and got to be clean, thorough. Last night at Vacation Bible School, the other children did not wash their hands, and we heard about it when Samuel got home. Of course. <laughs> and then I have a son. He's our, we say he's our bonus son uh, that God gave us. 
when he was one of my college students, and his name's Sean. Okay. And him, he's married, coming up on their one-year anniversary. Sean Ooh, and Anna will be married on the 12th, one year. And he wow. was just down visiting yesterday. They've got enough hot tea that was given to them by a friend of ours who doesn't drink it anymore. 38 boxes of hot tea. Wow, that's a lot of tea. <laughs> they were, I said, how much in the world is that worth? Anna figured it up and says, that's $133 worth of tea. Wow. She said, I don't know how I'm going to drink it before it's all expired. I said, well, we're going to have to jar it. We can put it in jars, take the air out, and it'll be good for years. <laughs> and that's the tea. <laughs> that's tea. My husband, Paul, is a pastor. Good Shepherd Community Church. It's a church plant we've been at for, we've been working at it for four years now. Okay. We've got a little congregation that meets uh, off 160 at the old plantation golf course mm. in the old restaurant that was the steakhouse, the plantation steakhouse. Mm. So we, and we live on Hog Mountain. So Hog we Mountain. say that we're the Hicks on Hog Mountain and we have the most beautiful view. Looks like Tennessee from up there. Wow. Yeah. Tennessee is quite quite the beautiful state. So that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty impressive. A lot a lot of cool stuff there. And so, uh, what what exactly do you do now through uh, working at the at the at Wallace? I am in charge of campus ministries. Okay. Not I'm not an employee of Wallace State, even okay. though a lot of people might think that because we're a non we're a religious organization. Mm. It's a separate nonprofit. But we, it, I say I'm a campus missionary. Yeah. I'm a missionary on the campus of Wallace State to reach out to students. And I have a lot of faculty and staff that I get to talk to also. That is really cool. And uh, campus ministry is super important, as we'll talk about. But before we get there, um, you glossed over it briefly in your story. But how did you get involved in campus ministry versus you, you could have you know, do, done anything from uh, children's ministry to all the other different ministries out there? What, what attracted you to campus ministry specifically? Okay. Well, that's the funny thing that... When I knew God was calling me in the middle of my student teaching to some area of ministry, I didn't know where. What mm-hmm. he wanted, I knew, I knew I obviously wasn't going to be a pastor. Um, I knew there was something I was going to do, but I didn't know what. And of course, it scared me to death because when I went to my home church and mentioned that I went to my pastor and told him I was, I knew I had a call to the ministry. He brought me before the church and told everybody she's got a call to ministry everybody come up shook my hand hug my neck after service and and one of the ladies I'll never forget she come up she looked at me and she said oh I'm so glad God's called you to be a missionary mm. and in my mind I thought Africa Africa oh I said no oh, no 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 I have I in my head that's what I pictured was myself in the middle of some place in Africa and I thought no 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 Please, God, don't send me. (laughs) I don't know that I'm cut out for that. (laughs) But who knew all these years later that was going to be true, that I am a missionary, but right here on a community college campus. So how I got involved was when I was at the University of Montevallo, my roommate, whom I had been in scouts with for many years, her name's Tracy, she came in one, it was a Tuesday, she came into our dorm room, 
and she said, Hey, Christy, I found out about this thing called BCM. BCM. And I said, What in the world's BCM? She said, It's Baptist Campus Ministries. Well, we had we were for your campus, campus, so we had a lot of different campus ministries to choose from and great programs ran by some great individuals. And uh, this one in particular she had found out about. I guess somebody had invited her. So she said, they're having a worship service tonight at 7. And it was always an odd number. It'd be 702, 701, 659. They always did some odd number like that for their worship time. So we went and checked out the BCM. Frank McCullough was my campus minister. I bet he was in his late 50s, early 60s when he was our was my campus minister. He amazed me. He got up and ran every morning and was with us, teaching us the Bible and pouring into us every day and encouraging us to go out on campus. Mm. We got to do intramural sports. I ended up becoming co-lead on intramural sports for the girls. We played intramural flag football, and we were an independent team because we were a an organization that wasn't a fraternity or sorority. Mm -hmm. So BCM was always active in the mural programs. We got to know all the other students who were in the um, fraternities and sororities and interact with them on intramural fields and with the different teams we were. Flag football was my favorite. We had the best time with, I got scars on my fingers from flag football where cleats went through my finger when I dove for a flag one time. We had the best time. We took it serious. That's dedication. We took it serious when we played flag football. So I did that with, with campus ministries there. And then I ended up, my campus minister, Frank, said, Hey, Christy, I think you need to apply to become president. So I, I said, Are you sure? I don't know about that. I, I always looked up to the juniors and seniors, the upperclassmen. Oh, they were they were like the the stars, you know, of campus ministers. They were going on summer missions and around the world and coming home and telling us their stories. And we all just thought they were heroes to us. So I never pictured myself getting to be president of campus ministries program. And I applied and ended up getting to do that my junior and senior year. I got to be president for both years organizing every aspect and getting to lead the leadership team and all that they were doing with discipleship and intramurals and missions and prayer, uh, all these different areas of ministry on campus. I got to be the state BCM president for a year. That was interesting. I actually got to have the second and final vote to change the name in the state of Alabama from BSU to BCM. It was Baptist Student Union. Okay. And it became BCM, Baptist Campus Ministries. Okay. That was a lot of fun to get to do that. And it was the year of the Christies when I was state president because the secretary, vice president, and president that year were all named Christie. The year of Christies. (laughs) That's what everybody said, year of Christies. And after... When I started seminary, I went through seminary taking my classes, but not knowing exactly where God wanted me in ministry. I remember it bothered me because all the other people in my class knew. They knew where they were going to serve or Mm -hmm. they were already serving in ministry. And I had no idea where God wanted to use me. So 
the month I was graduating seminary. Okay. I came home. We lived in a little condo here in Coleman in Edwardian Place. We were the youngest that had ever owned a condo in there. Everybody else was retired. Nice. They must have thought, what is the community coming to when mm, these two... Those youngsters. When these youngsters moved in. We didn't have any children, and it was perfect for us to live there. We enjoyed all of our neighbors, and Paul's great aunt lived right down from us. So we got to know Aunt Frida really well. He came home, and he had found out that Brad Doss, who was the campus minister at Wallace before me, he had taken a pastorate in Tuscaloosa. So Paul said, hey, Christy, the position for the BCM director at Wallace State has opened up. I tell everybody. It was as if a wind blew through our condo, and on that wind was the Holy Spirit saying, that's where I want you. Wow. I knew right then when he said that, that that's where God wanted me. That's so great. I graduated seminary that May of 2021. I interviewed for the position, put my application in, interviewed. I never thought about anybody else even applying because I just knew that's where I was supposed to be. And two weeks before school started in August, they hired me in 2001. And then you were, uh, yeah, then that's all she wrote. Of course, I know there's a lot of stuff before and after and all, all things that we could talk about, but that, that's that's really exciting. Uh, what makes campus ministry unique compared to other ministries that churches have? Like, what? why should we care about campus ministries? Well, for one, it's in the name, campus ministries. Well, there we go. Uh, your church college ministries are in the local churches. I get to be on campus every day as an arm of the local church. I like that. As a missionary, they're on campus to minister and to get to plug in the students with the local churches, with the life and mission of the local churches, because that's where they're going to be the rest of their lives. Yeah. There are leaders. There are a generation who's coming up to lead our church in America. So I get to be on campus with them working alongside and partnering with the churches to come and plug those students into their college ministries. Wow. Yeah. And so I like that you you join with the local church, not in competition or anything like that. And and you're able to do things that um, maybe the, I put this in air quotes, the average person can't do. You can have conversations and be in places that a lot of Christians can never can never get to because uh, they might not have a reason to be on campus. And here you are as a missionary. So so that's really, really awesome. Uh, can you think of a couple stories throughout your time in campus ministries of how what you've been able to do by the grace of God, how you've been able to change some lives? Oh, wow. How God's worked through me to change lives. Absolutely. I think through the years... It's been amazing, and of course now it's we we reformed in summer of 2021 to an interdenominational campus ministries program, which I had been working with interdenominational churches for years, mm-hmm. but no longer am I Baptist campus ministries director. I'm campus ministries director, so we're now a nonprofit solely interdenominational so I get to I literally get to work with churches individuals from all denominations and partner with them and I love that because the students 
the students are able to know no matter where you are in life, even if you're a non-Christian, even if you're lost, even if you don't know where you stand spiritually, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Through the years, some specifics, I guess. I guess I'll tell you about Jane first. Jane okay. was one of my students. Actually, started out, I would go over to the cafeteria and do a Bible study inside the Student Center Grill. Well, Jane would sit outside on the steps, and she'd smoke a cigarette outside the student center. This is before we became a smoke-free campus at Wallace. So she'd sit out there and smoke a cigarette, and I'd say, Jane, you want to come to Bible study today? I I sat down with her and got to meet her. So every time I'd ask her, she'd, no, 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 not today, no, no, no. So I'd go in, do Bible study there in the cafeteria, in the student center grill. People would pull up and join us right around the tables. And so when I'd leave, I'd always speak to her if she was still there and sit down for a minute on the steps or the brick uh, area where they had the plants, the brick wall, and just get to know her. Well, I invited her one year to Mystery Night. Mystery Night was an outreach we did around Halloween. Kids Mm. got to dress up. We did a scavenger hunt all over campus, and then they would get to hear the gospel message at the end. Wow. So I invited her to Mystery Night. Because she had never taken me up on coming into one of the Bible studies that I can remember, but she came to Mystery Night. She had a wonderful time at Mystery Night. Mm. And I remember during our time for the students, if they wanted to make decisions for Christ, she recommitted her life to Christ that night. She had been far away from God, and she came back to Him, and she gave her life to Him, started coming to everything we did, even went on a mission trip with us in 2004. Okay. And totally gave her life to Christ. And now she's an adult. She has a 15-year-old daughter. We still keep in touch. And she's raising that daughter in church. And she calls me every now and then if she has the spiritual question. But she's actually leading, discipling other ladies. That's beautiful. Yes. So Jane is very special to me. Mm. Uh, Somebody else, or I would say two students. There was two students who were witches. Okay. How I found out about them was from the VP of students. She contacted me and let me know that she had had two witches come by the office and they wanted to plug into something on campus. And she had referred them to me, to Campus Ministries. So they showed up at my office. I'll never forget when they came in. They sat down and I said, oh, well... It's so good to have y'all here today. Tell me what what you're looking at doing. They said, we want to plug into something on campus, get some extracurricular activities and things. And I said, well, I would love, tell me a little bit about yourself. So they told me they were witches. And I said, really? Tell me about that. So they told me about it. And they said, I said, I would love to have y'all involved in campus ministries. They said, really? I said, yes, I've never had any witches involved in campus ministries. I would love to have y'all come plug in with us. So they plugged in, started attending our little Bible studies and things we would do, and they would sit in with the other students. The students who were Christians would share with them about the Bible, and then they would even share what they believed. Well, the students who were Christians really just loved those two guys. They just loved them. They loved interacting with them and sharing and 
And it was never anything that was hostile. It was never anything that where they got into fusses and fights. They just always enjoyed interacting with one another. Mm. We ended up playing in a flag football tournament. There had been instances where I had had conversations with both of them. Oh, before I mentioned the flag football tournament, let me mention discussion I had with Andrew. He came in. I come in one morning to the office. He met me at the office door. I put the key into my door to open it, and a whole group of students with him come walking out of the campus ministry's room and says, Hey, Miss Christie, Andrew's got a question. And I looked at him, and the student says, Miss Christie, we've already told him yes. We've already talked about this, but he wants to talk to you. I said, Well, Andrew, what's your question? He says, Miss Christie, am I going to hell? I said, well, i tell you what, Andrew, let's go inside my office and let's look at the Bible and let's see what the Bible says about that. So I basically just took him through the Romans road. Mm. And at the end, I'll never forget, he looked at me and he says, you just gave me the long version of yes. I said, well, yes, I did. And he said, thank you for sharing that with me out of the Bible. I said, you're welcome, Andrew. Now, he didn't fall on his face right there in my office and come to Christ it wasn't like that. He just thanked me and exited, went on to class. We went and played a fl- in a flag football tournament at the University of Montevallo. And at that tournament, he wanted to be our mascot. Hey. So he was our mascot. He had a whole outfit he dressed up in and went out there. We were the only school in that tournament that had a mascot. And we were the only two-year community college represented in the tournament. Because y'all were cool. Oh, my kids were cool. <laughs> so we told the other teams, pray for our mascot. He doesn't know Jesus. Pray for our mascot. They all prayed for him that whole weekend, and everybody just loved on him and had the best time hanging out with him because he was he was just one of those people that was fun to be with. Yes. At the end of the tournament, we lost everything. We either went to that tournament and won everything or we lost everything. That year we lost every game. It, we were shut out. So we go back to the hotel lobby. We got all our rooms cleaned out, went down to the lobby before we loaded up. They're all sitting there, and the boys are all down. And their girlfriends, you know, patting them on the shoulder. We're so sorry. Oh, it's going to be okay. And the boys thinking life's over. We've lost this football tournament. We take football very seriously, even if it's flag football. Hey, it's Alabama, We right? take it very it's, serious. It's Alabama. You know, some of my boys who were on the team, they didn't get to go play college football, but they're getting to play intramural flag football, and so that was huge for them. And to lose was the end of the world. Andrew looks at me and says, Miss Christy, I would like to say something to the team. This is where my husband tells me that I'm a whole lot braver than he is because I'll let people have the mic when he don't. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. What are they going to say? I said, well, Andrew... Why don't you tell everybody what you have to share? I had no idea what he was going to share. He looked at them all, and he said, "You, yeah, I know we lost. And you all, you caught, y'all, you all came down here to play football, and we lost. We lost every game, and it's disappointing. It feels like it's the end of the world." He looked at him and he said, "But you all have something more important than football. You have the love of God." We all looked at wow. him. He looked at me. 
And I was like, Andrew. He says, yep, Miss Christy. And on the way home, he posted this huge post online about how he had come to Christ. That's incredible. It was. And then a few weeks later, we're getting ready to do a, a lunchtime devotion in our campus ministries room. And his buddy gets up on at the mic and says, anybody got any prayer requests? The other student who was a witch, he says, anybody got any prayer requests? And I went, huh? And he, he tells them, I, I've come to Christ too. Wow. And started taking prayer requests. <laughs> Look, I mean, well, that's incredible. It was amazing. Those are beautiful stories. And I bet those students will never forget that. I, because I, they got, they, it was just beautiful. They all just loved one another. And it, it was the love of Christ is, he loves us perfectly. Hmm. And the way those students love those two guys who claim to be witches, they love them with a love of Christ that only comes from Christ. Yes. Because he does that in us. He helps us to love in a way we never thought we could. Yeah. I think of the passage from John 17, you know, uh, how will the world know, you know, who Jesus is? How will the world know about God? It's the love we show to each other and the unity from that passage, you know, to be one as the Father and the Son is one. And so I just, I think of all that, all that theological stuff that is illustrated so beautifully by stories like that. And you played a important role in all that. So I bet sometimes when times get tough in your ministry, you have those stories to hold on to about all the good that you do in the lives of so many students. And so I'm, I'm uh, that blessed me to hear those stories. Uh, so tell us, all that you do as the leader of campus ministries at Wallace State Community College. Uh, What does a typical week look like for you? A typical week in my life as campus ministries director at Wallace State looks like this, especially if we have food for thought that week. Okay. Food for thought's a meal we've been doing since the ministry on campus started in 1990, Wendell Miller actually started campus ministries at Wallace alongside Dr. Garland Gudger. Wendell says that Dr. Gudger loved the students that he worked with and loved when Wendell brought the idea to him about campus ministries. So Food for Thought used to be called Lunch for a Buck. Lunch for a buck. Lunch for a buck. Now we call it Food for Thought, which had started with the previous campus minister before me. They had started calling it Food for Thought, so I just carried that on when I became campus ministries director in 2001. The churches will provide the food, so that's the way churches get to partner with campus ministries. They bring the food, serve the students. We serve in the student center lobby. Students, faculty, and staff come from all over campus to enjoy that meal and it's always great food because everybody in the south knows that the churches have the best food oh yeah they can cook those ladies in those churches know how to cook so they bring down the food we serve it in the lobby from 11 to 1 
students, faculty, and staff come through. They make a donation if they want to. We don't turn anybody away, though, if they don't have any money. Of course, nowadays, instead of them giving cash, they're wanting to give online. So I've had to get a cash app and a PayPal. <laughs> There's other All ways the stuff. Yeah. where they can give, which now we have a website where they can give online. So we'd have Food for Thought on a Monday. On Tuesday, we would do intramural volleyball, and we're going to be hosting that again this coming year, intramural volleyball. I love intramural volleyball because I get to meet even more students, talk to them, pour into them, and encourage them if they're not involved in local churches to plug into local churches. That actually happened this last year where I was able to get students plugged into area churches, which is one of our goals for campus ministries. On Wednesday, typically I am getting ready for um, planning activities, planning, talking to students if they're around that day because I don't have any specific activities going on on Wednesday. But I do have um, a lot of students who come by, want to talk, want me to pray with them. Even faculty and staff will want to talk and me pray with them. That really can happen any day of the week. Impromptu. And also on Wednesdays, I encourage the students to be involved in the local churches. Lots of our churches around this area have college ministries that meet on Wednesday evenings. And so I want the students plugged in to those college ministries with our local churches so they can be discipled and grown and challenged in their faith to become who they need to be in our churches in the future. And Thursdays, in the past, we've had Ratio Christi, which is a group focuses on apologetics, and we have an officially recognized representative huh. with Ratio Christi. And guess what? It's you. <laughs> it's me. That is true. Uh, Ratio Christi, yeah, we meet on Thursdays, and it's under the umbrella of campus ministries. And so I head that up with uh, Christie's blessing, and it's it's a lot of fun. And I think uh, one thing Christie is being very uh, shy about, a little a little bashful, is Christie loves and takes care of her students. So one thing she didn't mention, but I will because I can brag on her. Uh, whether it's the weekends or whatever time she meets with students, she's very involved in their personal lives, mentoring and discipling and just being a great friend. And so, uh, Christy, those are kind of the official things that happens, but Christy's schedule is full, doing lots of things with students, and she also takes care of students after they've left Wallace, and they'll ask her questions, they'll want to hang out and meet up, and really, it's incredible. So, so that is quite the the busy schedule you have there. Uh, so I'll, I'll move on to the next question because I could go on and on and on about all the things that you do. And so it's it's been a joy to be able to serve with you. But I'll, I'll move on to the next question. Uh, some people are very pessimistic when it comes to college. They'll think or they'll say, oh, college is where you go to lose your faith. It's not worth it. Higher education is a bad thing. What would you say to someone who thinks like that? I would say it's actually just the opposite. Okay. Students come to college and find their faith. Mm. They find out who they are, who they are going to be in the future, 
who they want to be in the future. And they're figuring out who am I spiritually away from my parents. They're learning who they are individually. Hmm. They're searching to find out who I want to be in the future. Hmm. So in college, we have that great opportunity, especially me being a campus missionary and partnering with our area churches. We have that wonderful opportunity of exposing them to the true Jesus who mm-hmm. loves them and wants a relationship with them and offers them a life like no other, offers them an eternity like no other. That's true. And we get to come alongside students who are searching, who are agnostics, who are atheists, who really don't know anything. They're, they don't claim anything. They're just nothing. They're, I guess they would be considered the nun, nuns. Nuns, something like yes. that. Yes. So we get to help them find faith, Hmm. find out who they are. And we need them to find out who they are spiritually in the image of God so that they can then take that. They're getting these degrees to go out into the future. They're going to encounter people in the marketplace who are exactly where they have been or once were or are. And they're going to get to share who they are and who they are in Christ with those they come into contact with. So they're, they come to college to get degrees that's going to take them to places that God's going to have them all over the world. So true. <clears throat> so I would say we need students to go to college. Yes. We need students in our two-year schools to get trades and to get degrees that our community colleges offer with the medical fields and technology and computers and I think drafting and design, air conditioning and heating, electricity. But we also need students who are going to go on to the four-year schools to get those degrees to teach and to be doctors and lawyers and engineers, all those different things, lawyers. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. (laughs) Uh, Hey, it's so important. We'll talk about it twice. So... The students, God's going to be able to use them wherever he takes them. Hmm. And, and if, if they don't go to college, first of all, I think they're not exposed to everything that's out there because they're typically going to stay in one group, not get the exposure to the diversity that college offers and the different things that people think, and to train them, okay, how do, re- how do I respond to somebody who thinks differently than me? Uh, appropriately. How do I respond appropriately? How do I defend who I am as a Christian? So you're saying the appropriate response is not to uh, fight people? Exactly. Oh, man, dang it. <laughs> the appropriate, how to, how to talk to somebody who thinks completely polar opposite. Mm. How do I love them? How do I reach out to them? How do I work with them? in the marketplace and have a, a good relationship where we work together, but I'm also able to share the love of Christ with them. Absolutely. I think you put that so well. So if you're listening to this and you find out, or maybe you don't find out, this is exactly who you, your pessimistic 
you are uh, pessimistic. Uh, I'm uh, Christy and I are laughing because uh, for some reason it just d- decided to start raining and there's thunder out there and so we're just uh, having a good time. But anyways, uh, if this is you and you are pessimistic about school, it is for that pessimism, is for those pessimistic reasons that you should want to be on campus so that you can be a light, you can be a good example, you can help people learn, discover, and grow. So if you think college is not the best place, that's where we can step in and help make it better. Whereas if we as Christians step away from the campus, if we step away from schools and we step away from culture and institutions because, oh, it's terrible, oh, it's bad, those institutions are just going to get worse. Yes, and I think for all for too long we've been telling our students, well, just pray about going to college. Pray about if God wants you to pursue. I think that's the wrong paradigm. Hmm. I think we should be telling our students when they're coming up through junior high, high school, I have a lot of homeschool students, I think we should be teaching them, maybe it's not asking God if you should go, I think he definitely would want to further your education so you can reach more and more people for him Hmm. wherever he takes you. We need to pray it and just teach our students, hey, pray and ask God when you should stop. Ah, I, I see that. Ask God, when should I stop pursuing the next level of education? Hmm. Because if it means he wants you to get that associate's, he wants you to get that bachelor's, and he hadn't told you to stop yet, you go on and get that master's. You go on and get that Ph.D. Because we need people in all these levels. The level of education that you have is probably going to be the level of people with an education of the same level you reach. Okay. So if you want to be a more effective evangelist or if you want to reach more and more people, it helps to uh, education helps with that. And, you know, uh, wherever we are, we obviously can evangelize. So why not look to broaden the amount of people you can talk to? And so I I like that thinking. And uh, so for these next two questions, uh, I wrote them out individually, but I'm going to combine them because I think they go together. If you are an individual out there, or you are a church out there and you want to help with campus ministries, uh, what is the best way to do that, Christy? How can people help and and serve in this way? Well, first of all, know that I want to partner with you. Okay. I love partnering with our area churches. My goals for campus ministries are to lead our college students to faith in Jesus. we got to get out there and share the gospel, and I need people to help me teach our students that. We want to develop them as disciples and leaders because they are going to be discipling the the next generation of the church in this country and around the world. And we want to connect them, plug them in to the life and mission of the local church. That's where they're going to be the rest of their lives. There's not going to be a campus ministries when they leave college. It's going to be the local church. Hmm. That's their footing. That's their grounding for how they're going to reach their communities and the world is through those local churches. So I want to partner with our local churches so that we can effectively minister on the campus. We can broaden that footprint on campus. It's not just me. I can't do it all. The students can't do it all. We need others who can come alongside and train even more students to be able to get out there. 
So we need prayer. I need churches who are praying for us constantly, who are praying for me that I'm able to keep going, and for students who are going to be like-minded to come alongside that we can train and keep them out there. If they're in the nursing program, they're sharing their faith in the nursing program. If they're in dental hygiene, they can reach their friends in dental hygiene. If they're in physical therapy assisting, they're reaching out to those students in physical therapy assisting. If they're on the volleyball team, they can reach out to those students in Jesus' name on the volleyball team. That's great. And then, of course, ministry costs. We all know that college ministry, we pour our resources into college ministry, and we don't see those kind of returns immediately. Mm. Those returns are going to come later when they are established in their chosen career fields and they're pouring back into ministries. So I need churches who are going to come alongside, individuals and businesses even, who are going to come alongside of us and say, I want to donate to this ministry. I want to put give you resources where we can support what you're doing and keep it going for generations to come. And then I can I can hire more people. I can hire interns who can focus on other things and they can, again, broaden that footprint across campus. You can come host a food for thought meal. Okay. You can come during finals and offer hot chocolate and coffee and donuts and get the word out about your maybe your Christmas programs or you can give out gospel tracts. I I believe still in gospel tracts. I know there's a lot of people, oh, those are dated. No, there's great gospel tracts that still reach people. They're able to have it in their pocket. You're able to put it in their hands and they read it. And you don't know how God's going to work. God draws our hearts unto himself and he'll use all kind of means think about it this way with the gospel tracks because i've heard that too oh they're old outdated let's say you hand out 200 gospel tracks and 199 of them are thrown away but there's that one person who's at a low point in their life there's that one person that's at the end of their rope at the end of the road whatever analogy you want to use and they have that track and they read it and it changes their life you might think on your own wow so many of those were thrown away but i think a better way of looking at it is it reached the one person it was supposed to so i know this is a a side topic but even the little things like that i think are worth it my mom still has the gospel tract tucked in her bible that she prayed to receive christ with Wow. Because it was given to her by someone. Yeah. Someone that took the time and, uh, you know, they're, they're in general, I, I think they're pretty cheap to have and you can buy them in, in bulk. And I can get 400 gospel tracts with our information printed on the back so they have a contact to be able to call me if they have questions for 50 bucks. Wow. 400 for $50. And they're personalized on the back printed with contact information for for me or for someone locally that they can contact. Absolutely. I love that. And I thought about something else that we do that I didn't mention is our Bible ministry. If we have students on campus who do not have a study Bible and desire to study the scriptures, one of the things that we do with campus ministries is we buy them a study Bible and my husband is able to imprint their name on that study Bible at our house. 
That is really cool. I like that. So it's not just handing them a Bible. There's a whole lot more attachment to that word Mm. when their name is on it. Oh, yeah. And that's their Bible. And it means a whole lot more to them when their name is on it. Uh, Just at the end of school, at the end of the spring semester, I had a student who came to me and said, Miss Christy, I heard about the Bible ministry. I would love to get a study Bible. Me and my fiance do not have a good study Bible. I said, well, let me show you the study Bible that I recommend for you, that I'm going to get you, and we're going to put your name on it. Sit down and write out how you want your name spelled. And I was able to give her those two Bibles. Oh, she was so excited to get those put in her hands. Because guess what? They're going to read, they're going to study, and boy, those study notes are phenomenal. Mm. For somebody who's searching, or for a Christian who says, I really want to get deeper. I want to learn more about the Word of God. Wow. So you, you help students get Bibles and to study the Word. That, that's incredible. And the churches can, and in, even individuals and businesses can partner in that ministry also in buying the Bibles. Wow. Definitely, definitely needed. If, if you're listening out there and worse comes to worst, uh, you can just reach out to Christy. Yes, call you can reach me. Out. Hey, hey, you I, can lead a small group. Hey, I'm glad I yes, glad I can, pointed this there's out. There's all kinds of things. Uh, you can lead a small group on, on campus. Uh, Christy, how can people contact you? How can what's the best way to reach you? Best way to reach me, I have a cell phone number. Okay. I put it on the door of the campus ministries room. I put it everywhere. My cell phone is 256-338-4468. Okay. Students can get me 24-7. That's the same phone number I've had for 21 years. Pretty solid. So students from 20 years ago know they can still get in touch with me at that phone number. Hey, there we go. And, uh, and uh, you, ha- uh, what's your website? We have a website. It's www.wallacecm.com. Wallacecm.com. Uh, I also have an email address you can reach me at. You can contact me through the website. There's a connect card that you can fill out and get in touch with me that way. It comes straight to my email. My email address is reachingstudents at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's great. And I'll also, uh, below in the description of the episode, I will uh, put that contact information there with uh, the link and the email address and all that stuff. But anyways, uh, Christy, I, I really appreciate that. Did you have anything else when it came to different ways for people to get involved? There are so many options for churches, individuals, and, and businesses to get involved in the ministry and be able to make an impact on our campus. I've mentioned so many of them. I mentioned lead a small group. Say you're passionate about prayer. Well, come teach our students how to pray. Oh, yes. You're Just like with you, you're passionate about apologetics and evangelism. And that's what you do. You pour into our students and you teach them, how do I defend the faith as a Christian in the appropriate way, not hostile, not yes. combative, how do and how do I share my faith with those Absolutely. who want to know? How do I really tell? How did you become a Christian? How do I become a Christian? Mm. Yeah, a prayer, small groups. There's just a, and it's really exciting because the limit is our own creativity. Really, I tell everybody I am open to new ideas because I don't have all the creative ways 
it might be in the heart and mind of somebody else, just like when you came to me hmm. with your idea for Rocio Christi. We're only one of two places in the state of Alabama where our students are able to be taught by somebody recognized with Rocio Christi, which Latin means reason of Christ, and be discipled by such a quality, studious man oh, of the word. Like the, you. There she goes, being <laughs> being too nice to me. Goodness. You're awesome. Oh. And they need to know that. Oh my. But uh but I appreciate the kind words. And so yeah, make sure to reach out and ask her how, how you can get involved if you're a church or a individual. Um and so I guess closing this part of uh, our conversation, uh Christy, what is one thing about you that most people might not know? Might not know Well, at my senior prom, I accidentally flipped my date. You flipped your date? Yes. I had taken Taekwondo. I had received a black belt in Taekwondo when I was 14. My prom date, it was a friend of mine, and my best friend's boyfriend, who's a great friend of mine, Will, They were teasing me after prom. We had gone back to my friend's house for an after prom get together. We had sparkling grape juice and all kind of snacks and goodies. And um, we were, we, I don't think we had even changed out of our prom clothes yet. And Will and Chris were picking at me about being a black belt. And Chris threw a kick at me not to not to hit me or anything yeah, yeah, but yeah. he just threw a kick playing and all I know is it must have been pure reflex because I didn't think about it and I I, did, I was not that skilled but I grabbed his leg and just flipped him right on his back good for you he looked up at me of course it scared me I had heard him and he looked up at me and he says Christy I think you broke my ribs <laughs> I said I'm so sorry Chris Hey. But we have joked about that over the years, and I'll never forget when he was, when he had just gotten engaged. I was working at MacRaising College at the Galleria during the Sterling Silver craze. I was in the fashion de- fashion jewelry department, and he brought his fiance to meet me. He said, "This is the girl that flipped me at prom." Look, don't don't go <laughs> kicking people. Like you gotta learn somehow, and sometimes you learn the hard way. So good for you. So I didn't mean to do that, Chris. If you're out there, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Which he knows. And uh, yeah, oh definitely, do not mess with Christy. She can beat you up. Needless to say, Will didn't. He didn't. He just stopped and didn't throw a kick or a punch or anything. <laughs> I, I think Will is a smart man. Uh, you, uh, What's that? Uh, secondhand learning. Just learn through the experiences <laughs> of others. Uh, yeah, so this le- <laughs> that's a great story. <laughs> this leads us into our lightning round and the point of this, again, I kind of stole this from someone else, but I just ask some fun questions so people can get to know you more and uh, your personality and all that. So, alright, here are a few questions. Christy, finish the sentence. If I had $1 million right now, I would... If I had $1 million, million right now, I would f- completely fund the ministry, hire you full-time as an intern. Yes. I would 
do some stuff to my house that I've wanted to do over the years. Buy me a, a, a get us another vehicle so that it was just not my van and my truck because I got a 95 F-150. It guzzles gas. I oh, get a little gas saver. Gas you know, a little gas crazy. saver that I could scoot around in. And put up money for my boys to go to college. Nice. Okay. I like that. If you had an exotic pet, <laughs> what would it be? It would be a spider monkey. A spider monkey. Spider monkey. My mom had a spider monkey when she was a kid. Okay. And she loved that spider monkey. His name was George. George. After the... her favorite person in the world. She had a, a man that was like an uncle to her, and she just adored him. And she named all her pets George after him. They were all George. The turkey was George. The monkey was George. The dogs were George. Everybody was George. And so I would get a, a spider monkey. I would teach him all kind of things to do for my mom because she's, she's got a really bad back. And her and my dad would enjoy the monkey, I think. They might not, but I'd keep him <laughs> if they didn't. And I would name him George. <laughs> and then you would name him George, of course. <laughs> and I'd put him in cute little clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, why not? Go hard or go home. Uh, since we ha- got uh, recently, we had a Top Gun 2. <laughs> you know, Tom Cruise never ages. <laughs> what movie from the old days should get another movie, like a part two, a sequel, a prequel? What movie should get a part two? Goonies. Goonies. I think Goonies. We got to know what happened with Chunk and Sloth. Okay, we, we need to know. <laughs> Hear that. I know Hollywood producers and directors are listening to this podcast, I'm sure. We need a Goonies 2. Yeah, it's uh, got to bring back the original people, original cast. Of course. We got to have them. Got to have them. Uh, what was the last book you read? Lee Strobel, Case for Creator. A Case for a Creator. He has a lot of those. They're great books. Oh, wow, yes. Great books, great writer. Um, if you could live in the past for one day in any location, so one day in the past, any any place on earth, what day would it be and why? You know, that makes me think of Miss Congeniality. Yes. When <laughs> pageant queen says April... Whatever. Uh, yeah. Like, great weather. You can walk on the beach and all you need is a light jacket. No. <laughs> but I would say if I could live in the past for one day, any location, what day and why? I would actually go back. I wouldn't I wouldn't go back, you know, eight hundred years or two hundred years. I, I pretty like I, I pretty much like the Modern amenities that we have, yes, like air conditioning, indoor plumbing, air conditioning. I really, yes. I really appreciate those things. I would go back. My grandfather, Papa Wilson, Wilson Langston. He became a Christian a year and a half before he died, mm. and he was still in relatively good health. I would go back to right after he became a Christian. Because I had begged him as a teenager to come to Christ for years, and I would, I would cry for his salvation, and he didn't come to Christ. It took an older person and a man who reached him for Christ. Mm. His name was Brother Foster. He was a Church of God pastor, and I will be so glad to get to meet him in heaven one day and hug his neck because he led my papa to Christ when. I had asked God for years to save him. That's awesome. And I would go back and I would talk to Papa after he came to Christ 
and while he was still in good health before he died and find out just the wisdom that he had to share that I could pass on to others and just to get to spend that time. He was my favorite grandparent. He was the one that was there Mm. when I was a kid. He was the one that picked me up every Saturday morning and took me to Wilson's convenience store, got me a Yoo-Hoo and a Mars bar, and let me play one arcade game or pinball machine. Uh, there we go. No, that's awesome. <laughs> he let me pick up and save turtles off the side of the road, and they'd pee in his floorboard. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, uh, you got you to go somewhere, right? Yes, I would spend one more day with my Papa Wilson after he became a Christian and just soak it up. And soak it up. And uh, no, definitely, that's a great answer. Well, Christy, that's all I had for today. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you having me today. This has been, uh, we've talked about it and we finally got to do it. And we finally got to do it. It was a lot of fun. And so I I, I greatly enjoyed this. Well, friends, uh, that's all for today. Keep on coming back as the weeks go by and we'll have more episodes for you. I'll talk to you later. Get it.